Hans Mollenkamp is an expert at marketing and building brands. He's worked with Monster and CBDMD. He's also an entrepreneur and founder. He's the CEO of Triumph United. He's had a career that has brought him to get involved with the MMA on the very early end and has worked with many athletes in the field like Conor McGregor, Kimbo Slice, and Rampage Jackson. He's also worked with so many of the top tier athletes on this level like Joanna Jacek, Miss Jessie Jess, and Rose Namayunas. We talk a lot about what it's like working with female athletes from a marketing perspective, how it differs from working with the guys, and it ends up being a masterclass on branding. What's important, what's not, and why authenticity in performance is always going to be number one. Thanks for tuning in to Hot Pizza Ass. I'm Erin darling Tralva. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I've wanted to have you on the podcast for a really long time for a lot of reasons, but you know, one of them being you have done so much, like you've done everything from, and you've been like successful at everything you've done, uh, <laughs> but everything from photography to building businesses, you've been a designer, even <laughs> you've done um, like marketing, you build other people's brands, you work with athletes. So can you just give us a quick rundown of your story, like your history, how you got to where you are today in this moment? Well, I had two choices to make out of school and one was you know i was going to either go i want i was pre-law i was going to go the lawyer route which you know i felt was you know that was gonna i i, I thought that was it that, i honestly thought that was my true calling because i wanted to go and i wanted to you know i wanted to you know utilize the history and everything that i've learned and and try to to, to defend people I, I wanted to do that right and i also wanted to be able to to go potentially become a sports agent with that background but I ended up going the other route, which is the brand building slash marketing route. And the only reason why that happened was I got offered a job like right out of school. And that was, and that was one of those pivotal moments where I'm like, all right, do I take this job? And do I just see where it goes and maybe kind of come back to the other one? And um, I took the job and it just, it led me to where I'm at right now. But during that time, which was in the, uh, I want to say it was like the mid to late nineties. It was just a different time in, in like the brand atmosphere in general, you know, it was, it was pre digital. So a lot of the stuff, like all the photography was still analog. A lot of the um, um, stuff that we were building um, was, was a lot of it was just manually done. Like there were still like all the graphics and stuff like that took forever to, to produce. And um, the sales and the marketing team were really close together because we didn't have the integration of all the computer stuff that we have now. So, so we would have to, a lot of it was just so DIY that, that when you started a brand or you worked for a brand, you just had to take upon multiple roles. And for me, I would see people that would stay in like a singular role and I would see them get eliminated much quicker. And I didn't want that to happen. You know, um, I would see guys that were just a sales rep, they could, they could get replaced simple, you know, or if they didn't progress to becoming like a sales director or to something else. And then on my side, on the, on the marketing side, I would see guys that were like, they, everybody starts off at the, you know, you know, the, the traditional way, if you don't start off in the warehouse, you're starting off like as a team manager, which is somebody that goes and um, watches over the, the team, which is like in, in action sports, whether that's a skateboarding team, a surf team, a motocross team, any team that, that, you know, has accumulative athletes that represents the brand that sponsors them. So you take care of them, you know, you, you send them their packages, you make sure that you have photos from them. You make sure you have all these different things. 
And I, I started off as a team manager. And then when we were as a company that was starting, was com- the first company I worked for was a company called XYZ Clothing. And it was a skateboard company, skate and apparel. That kind of morphed into a job at DC Shoes, which morphed into another job at Osiris Shoes. And um, I learned that if I could shoot photos as well as do the management side of, of working with the athletes, negotiating the contracts, all that kind of stuff, that I was going to be in a much safer position than the guys that couldn't do that. So then I also realized that like, hey, if I could, dis- like I knew by being around and just being an athlete myself, I had an idea of like what most of these athletes would want to wear. And, and I would talk to them all the time about it. Like, Hey, what do you think of this design? Or what do you think about that? And, and in the beginning, you know, like one of my, when my, um, design skills were, were remedial, I still would try to figure out how to design things or work with designers to create what I thought would work for our team guys, what they would wear. And then I started to eventually do it myself. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna learn the programs myself. I'm just gonna teach myself how to do it. And a lot of my stuff in the beginning sucked. It was horrible. I mean, it was like, like I couldn't do it, but I, I, my, I, I knew what I wanted in my head, but I couldn't really just translate it into the computer quite yet. And I could draw it out, but I still couldn't get it from the computer, from my head to the computer. And as those skills were fine, I finally like developed this whole kind of like overarching, you know, um, universe of design, marketing, photography, and then, you know, understanding how the sales and the business side work. Okay, that's amazing. So <laughs> but that's just like part one. That's like really just one small chapter. Like that's 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 then- the intro to my of my story of how I, I started off in, just in the action sports industry. You right. know, and then it just kind of started going in a different directions from there. And what I like about that is that you weren't afraid to to be shitty at designing, but you taught yourself anyway. <laughs> Well, I was super shitty at everything and I'm still really shitty at a lot of stuff that, and, and I'll be very open about it. Like I, I have come to the realization where it was hard for me years ago. And this is what's hard for a lot of people is that like, I didn't want to be shitty. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to go, I wanted to be the person that like, you know, that you would like that could create things that people would want or, or I could do things faster and, and more efficient. So people would want me to be a part of what they're doing. And that wasn't easy to do. And, and I knew you know, that, that like, I wasn't good at a lot of these things, but I really wanted to be good at it. So I just kept working harder and harder just to, just to try to figure out how to, to break through. And so like, so there was like years and years and years and I'll go back and I'll look some, at some of my stuff and I'll be like, some of it was super cool. And some of it was, was really, really bad, but I didn't stop, you know, and that was it. Is it? And then to this day, I mean, like, I look back at it, I mean, like, that was like, you know, I mean, over 20 years ago now, I mean, like it was 23 years ago when I really started like full-time work in the industry. And I was like, I look at those days and I feel those days like they were yesterday. Like it, it went by quick, you know, right. and there's so many milestones that had happened between, but they still feel like it's like, it doesn't feel like it's been that much time. And I still don't have like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, even though I'm doing all these different brands and I'm doing all this different stuff. Like I kind of still go, I still have those feelings in the back of my head. Like, Oh God, like, what if I mess up on this? Or like, this isn't cool. Or like, you know, like, what do I do? I mean, like, it's, it's like a, you know, it's like a, it's like a social media post almost, you know, like you just never know what's going to work. And, and it's like, it, and then, but if you hold yourself to the point where you're just like trying to like define your existence off of what that is, it just, you'll never go anywhere. 
So you kind of, so once I started shedding that and saying, I don't give a shit. Like, I mean, like I, if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, cool. I'm just going to keep going, but I'm going to show up and I'm gonna do the best I can. And I'm going to make sure that like, you know, that I'm available. And if you want me to do that for you, I'll try, but I'll do everything else that, that, you know, is outlined in what I do. And that's how I consistently do the things I do now. Yeah. A lot of people, I feel like that listen to the podcast or that reach out to me, ask a lot about imposter syndrome, which is very, very common. And it's, I experience it all the time. And I always second guess stuff. And like, even like you said, with social media, I'm always second guessing stuff that I post. I delete, I archive like all the time, but, um, I love it. Like <laughs> it's just part of the well, learning. We've talked about this too. You and I've talked about this. I mean, we've had oh, yeah. conversations, you know I mean? And, and it's like, and it's hard because it's like, sometimes you want it, like you want them to work. And sometimes they don't and sometimes like the ones that you don't think are going to work work really well and so you just kind of like if you can just let your ego go away and you can just kind of go you know what whatever you know and and just keep it moving though but the the, con the consistency aspect of just moving and doing stuff and like consistently pushing will, will be the answer of of getting yourself to the point where you're going to actually break through to those different layers that you need to get to yeah, like not everything in life has to be perfect. Like you can be bad at times um, and just go from there. But so that's just like the action sports realm of your world. And then how did you get into like fighting? How did you get into like being a marketing director for other companies? What was that transition? Well, fighting was um, purely based out of boredom. Um, when I say that I was working, so I lived about, 25 minutes away from my work but with traffic as you know especially in la i wasn't living in la but i was living i was it was in san diego it was it was about an hour and 10 minutes and i'm like 25 minutes hour and 10 minutes with traffic or i could wait two hours and get back to 25 minutes in traffic you know it's like that that weird time where so i'm like how do i burn a couple hours and and do something pr productive you know rather than sit in traffic i didn't want to sit in traffic so i had always been interested in um in jujitsu and muay thai and so like in the late 90s like 99 i started searching out places to go and train um i had lifted weights and i had done the gym thing my whole life and i was just like i i, I didn't want to go back to just another and i did well i did i went to a gym but i was like dude i'm not gonna just i can't keep going here every single day i mean it was just too boring for me you know and um and I wanted to learn something. So I found a gym in San Diego called City Boxing. And I went down there and there was um, the, the main guy that was teaching, his name was Dean Lidster. He was a jiu-jitsu uh, black belt. And there was a couple of guys, another guy named Jocko Willenick, um, who was a, he was a Navy SEAL. And Brandon Vera, who was a, another fighter, ended up showing up. But there was a lot of people that came out of this gym. And we all, like, I went down there and I saw that there was like this culture and it was so different than everything I've done. And, and at that time it was really taboo. It was super taboo. Nobody cared about fighting. It was, I mean, like the, the late nineties, early two thousands, it was not what it is today at all. No one was into it. It was like, if you said you trained or you did anything like that, you kind of got looked at funny. Um, when my ears started getting cauliflowered on this side, I would drain it like as fast as I could because I hated it. I thought it looked really weird. I mean, like it looked like a dog bit my ear, you know, and, but it was just like a natural thing. It just happens. There's nothing you can do to get rid of it. And, and, um, I started doing that. I started training and, and I was competing and I was, um, heavily involved in, in mixed martial arts and jujitsu and, and Muay Thai, but I hit it. 
I was like, I didn't tell anybody about it for about for years. I didn't say anything about it. I would go do it on the side and go do my action sports job. Nobody knew about it. And then a couple of times, a couple of people found out and they made fun of me for it. They actually, I mean, like, think about this. You're making fun of a fighter, like somebody <laughs> that actually beats people up for like, that's for fun for, it was a hobby. Like, that's what we did. Like I beat, like we went and engaged in combat. It was totally 100%, you know, situated in, in, in a professional environment. Like, but that's what we did. Like we like, it, it, but like, I would be, I, I would have these guys make fun of me and I'd be like, I was like, Oh, you know, I would take it. I'm like, Oh, you know, I just kind of laugh it off. But at the same time, I'm like, you're kind of playing with fire. Why are you doing that? Like, dude, like, like you know, like, and so, but I, I just didn't say nothing about it and I kept it really quiet. And then in 2005, um, I got one of the guys I was training with a training partner of mine. I said, Hey man, he goes, um, they're about, they're going to legalize mixed martial arts like nationwide. He goes, I want to start a company building gyms and cages. And I know you're, you're, you know, you, you know how to, how to build, you know, skate parks and you've done, you know, a lot of stuff in skateboarding and, and you know how to build, you know, you've worked in brand building for a while. He goes, do you want to start a company with me? And I go, all right, pay me this amount of money. Give me half the company and I'll go do it with you. And so I went, and that's when I really did the big switch over into MMA 2005. It just kind of seems like, like these opportunities kind of like come to you and you have the, the foresight to be like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then it just kind of works out. Like, well, no, I think that there's a patience level that, that I've started to realize that I've accumulated over the last, I mean, just in general, I think. And it's just with people too. And, 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 and some of the stuff and like with, with, with MMA, with people investing in people, um, investing in brands, investing in like time, like, I feel that um, because it never has come easy to me, I never had those shots of like, like I get it, like, oh wow, like boom, like I'm, I, I, I get like, I jump into something immediately and I'm like, I, like I have it and it's all done for me, right? Like, it's like, I have to work hard for stuff. Like, and I still do it. It's like, it's like, it's a time thing for me. And so, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's like I'll invest my time into something and I'll just wait it out. And so I do believe in people and I do believe in, in the stuff like I, I take calculated risks, but I also know that none of them are going to like be immediate ever. And I've been able to time things in ways that like, I, I like linking up with certain, um, you know, fighters or, or actors or comedians or, or people in my life. Like I'll, I'll work with them for extended amounts of time and then they'll either get a break or something will break on something. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I, I have a history with these, with some of these people and there's, there's history with being and stuff with them, doing stuff with them for, for years that people just don't know about. And, but it seems like, oh, whoa, like how does he involved with this person? But they, you know, like, I've already known him for a while. Like, you know, like Connor, well, Connor's a perfect example. I mean, Connor, I, I was giving Connor equipment, you know, when he had no money when he was living in Ireland, when he was like, you know, basically just an up, up and coming fighter. And, and I've done this with like, I mean, there's, there's hundreds of Connors out there that I've worked with, but every so often you're going to meet a Connor or not even just Connor, but like a Kimbo slice that I've worked with a rampage Jackson, you know um, I mean, right now who's, who's a really hot fighter that, that has made a lot of progress is like Jorge Masvidal, like guys like this that I've, that I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll invest some time with these guys. And I do believe that, that 
you know, whether or not they, they make it to Connor level is not as, um, it, it doesn't matter. Like I said, it, it doesn't matter as much to me, but just if I give them some time and I give them some stuff and, and if something rolls out, then it rolls out and it's, and it's big. And I picked a couple really good guys that I've been patient with and it worked out. But you meet people all the time though. So like what makes a potential champion? Like, how do you know? Um, the same formula that makes a potential movie star or a potential business, you know, um, owner to be successful. It's, it's a combination of belief in their self, right? Not, not like in a, you know, like in a confident way, but not in a, you know, cocky way, you know, and a b belief that they know that they, they can do something that others can't. And um, a lot of that you could feel and you can see and you could tell by work ethic and you could tell by charisma. And, um, you know, for me, I've been able to spot it because I could, I could talk to people and I could tell if, if they're serious about what they want to do. And um, there's a lot of people that want to be serious that are not, you know, and they'll put the front on because they want, people see them as, as they are something, but they're not. And that is, that's the main difference, you know? How do you tell someone's not serious? Because they're consistently, they're consistently talking themselves up. Mm. That's how I see it. It's a, it's an easy, it's a, a couple of things like a litmus test for me is that when I see somebody that's overly trying to um, boast about who they are and what they do and why they have to continue to just like explain to me how good they are at it, I know there's something wrong. You know, I don't need to be, I, I'm already a, a, a observant and, and detailed person in my craft. So if you're going to be like, you know, if, if it's like, say, hypothetically, an upcoming fighter or somebody that wants to work with me, I'm going to do the research on you immediately. I'm, and I'm going to do the research on everybody that I want to work with or anybody that's going to be in, the, in, the, in that sphere of, of where I potentially want to you know, like throw my tentacles out and say, Hey, let's do something. I mean, look, when I first started talking to you, I said the same thing, you know what I mean? Like I do believe in people and I could see it. I caught it and I could see how, you know, how people move and, and, and how, how driven they really are. But when I see that, or when I hear that, like, I'm so good and I'm doing this and I got that and I got this, you know, and like, they're not just being truthful about certain things. You could tell, like I, you could feel that there's something missing here. And you're like, all right, well, let's see what you got. Where do you go? And, and that's, that's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's the confidence of, of understanding that you can actually like get what you need done and not just have to say that you're going to do it, but you're, you're, you're showing, you're showing the effects, you know? That's good. I really like that. Um, and you've worked with so many people and, and a lot of female athletes, including Jessie, who we had on the podcast. She had had an incredible episode. Um, and she, I think, is another really good example of some of the things that you're saying. Like, she works her ass off and she's going to be a champion, but she's not like, she's so down to earth and so cool that it's never like, even when I like talk to her, I, I don't ever get, I'm interviewing her about her life, you know, and I never get the sense that she's like, hyping herself up you know what i mean it's just like no. all real and just like an amazing story and an amazing person behind it you know 
Yeah, and, and she's a perfect example of somebody that has the ultimate drive to succeed. You know, Jesse came from a very, you know, um, hectic situation in Australia and, you know, had to like, you know, traumatically move over here on a very, very, you know, fast whim. And so when you see the amount that somebody is willing to endure just to chase and follow their dreams. And not only that, make career and, you know, kind of like just survive, <laughs> you know, like that's like, it's easy to fall back. It's easy to go in a rut. It's easy to get like, it's easily to go, you know, I tried and I'm done, but it's hard to continue. And it's hard to like consistently push to figure out what you need to do to, to stay um, not only relevant, but to, you know, make money and, and, um, like actually, you know, continue to, to further your career. It's not easy to do. And, and so when and you're even at bigger odds when you're coming from a different country and you have other, other factors involved and you're even at major odds if you're in a, in a male dominant sport, like she is, you know, <laughs> so you got all these things against you and you have everything that should tell you that should I really do this or should I look at some other options in life and you continue to do it. And you continue to go and you like, like she's, like I said, she's a perfect example of like just showing how the, uh, you know, just the extreme drive that she has to, to not only succeed, but to show others the right way of doing it. And, you know, we're like, she, she's not shy to move around and she has to, if she has to, you know, for instance, change coaches, change camps, move locations, I mean, like, that's like normal people wouldn't do that. Like, that's not an easy thing for somebody to do, especially being someone that's from a foreign country that has never, I mean, she went from Las Vegas to Northern California and like didn't know one person out there, you know, like, in, but it was all in the, in, in the complete, you know, um, like it was for the, the benefit of her career. And she, she realized she had to do that. That's not an easy thing to do. It's much easier to go, I'm just going to move to South Florida or I'm going to move to San Diego. But like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, I'll find a place or a gym or I'll make it work, right? No, she decided to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work with one of the best coaches in the world, you know, at CSA that, that has not only like produced world-class female champions, but like, fully understands and gets how to work with an athlete like Jesse, but she's going to make that sacrifice. And she did. And so that's the kind of people I like to work with. And that's the kind of people that I see that just like me, like I would, I would, I'm willing to help them, you know, achieve their goals and do what I can do, you know, to make sure that they could get to, to levels that they're, they're not at by just, you know, giving them the, the giving them the support and, you know, whether it's, you know, through sponsorships or it's through just advice, you know, cause, cause a lot of that stuff I never got. And I wish I could have talked to certain people about that. Cause there's mistakes that you make the simple mistakes that you could easily fix. If you just kind of look out there or just reach out and just try to ask those questions. And sometimes you just don't even know who to ask, you know, and if you could, if you can go and there's somebody that can help mentor you through them, it does make it a lot easier too. It, it helps the process out. Oh yeah. Like I asked you, remember when I was launching the podcast and I was asking you all my marketing questions. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, and I love that because I mean, that's the thing is that like you, you, you know, you would be arrogant and you'd be, you'd be very, um, I, I would say <laughs> you, you would have a insane ego to think that you, you could just go out and start something and it'll be successful. 
without having some, some, um, you know, any kind of, um, help to do it. Right. And so, so if you think that, and it's just going to work, I mean, the, the probability of that happening is very slim, but if you can go and actually like speak to people that have done it or have some experience in it, you're just going to get those things, you know, notch them down a little bit easier. And that's, that's what I recommend to people anyways, like ask the questions, don't be weird about it. Like, don't care. Like ask the questions, get out there, figure out what works, what other nuts, read the books, you know, like get as much education as you can. You know, like my, my proficiency isn't from, you know, like if you, if you look at my social media, you'll think that like, oh my gosh, all this guy does is like, he just does kicks and he does all these different things. But I mean, that's pure entertainment. I just try to keep people entertained by doing what I do. And, but what I am and, and, and what I built is I would rather help and, and kind of teach and, and show how to do those things to get people captivated so you could sell your products, whether it's a physical piece of product or it's like intellectual product, whatever it may be. But like, that's the thing is that that's what I really do <laughs> is that I create the content for you to want to watch, but I also do it in a way that it's benefiting me so I can build my brand. And the brand is ultimately what I'm really, you know, interested in doing because I build brands. That's who I am. I'm a brand builder. Now, not just mine, but other people's too, you know, whether it's a, uh, a brand for a product or if it's a brand for a person, same thing to me, doesn't matter. Yeah. And through this, through this experience, if you do work with, you know, people, all your female athletes that you work with work in male dominant fields, right? All of them, all of them. So like, what's that experience like? Like, how is that different in terms of like a marketing branding, even money perspective? Like, do they have the same opportunities as their male counter? They don't talk about that. I'm going to be honest with you. They don't. And it's much harder for them. And it's, it's, um, it's really hard for a lot of females to break through. And it's really hard for a lot of females to get the recognition that they deserve. And, um, it's, it's sad because it's like, you see how much and how hard a lot of the females work. And so, you know, it's, it's just, it's the thing is this, is that it's, it's getting, like I said, it's, it's achieving those little level points so that you could achieve a higher goal. And it's finding like me, like I, I, I would, I love working with female athletes because I see how determined female athletes are. And I see how determined, you know, and and I believe that not only are, are they in many cases much better than male athletes, but they're, they've got so much more to offer just by helping and empowering other females that, that never thought they could do something like that, you know, and it's great to see it now because when I first got into this game, it was not like that at all. It wasn't like, and I'm just being honest. It wasn't like you, you mean maybe 5% of the athletes that I, that I, that I saw in the overall athlete scheme from action sports were female athletes, you know, and, and, in in the fight scene, there was like maybe 0.1%. There was zero. Like they didn't have female fighters up until, you know, the mid two thousands. And, um, you know, so, so females had different sports that they were, that were, they were always kind of, you know, that, that were built around what society thought they should be doing, which is completely opposite of what it really is. Females can compete and do everything a male can. I do believe that. I do 100% believe that. I do believe that they do it at a different capacity and it's different in certain ways, but they can do it. And so to think that that they shouldn't be treated and they shouldn't have the same opportunities is ludicrous. And that's for me, like I've always been like, 
like, you know, I have numerous female athletes I work with and there's certain people in my field that don't work with any, you know? And it's like, it's, it's like, I would try to think that like, Hey, like if anything, um, you know, if I can help them tell their story a little bit better and especially show how they could, they could capitalize off their marketing in different ways males can't, you know, that's going to put them up and it's going to help level the game in a way that's definitely in a different position than it was, you know, 10 years ago. Right. So is one of those ways that they can have a leg up on men, like by capitalizing off their appearance? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And I'm not saying that in a misogynist way. I'm just saying that to be truthful because, um, like, I think that females know how to, well, I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. They have most of them have better style. Right. And they know how to dress better. And, you know, they have, I mean, they know how to, females have a better way of displaying, you know, just, they, they, there's a more elegant look and it doesn't have to be tough, right? It could be, it could be, you could be very, you could be an empowering female and still have the sexy side. You could have all these different things that like, I always tell them like, look, embrace it. It's okay. You know, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's a fine line though. And I do believe that there's a point where like you, you, if it starts tilting way too much to, to one side and your, your performance is not um, like your, your athletic performance is not, it's just like almost non-existent and you're just there. You're just like kind of pretending that's pretending like you're just pretending to do something and you're not, really not doing it. Then, yeah. then I think that that's, that's, that's a, you know, that then, then you're just kind of like utilizing this sport to try to gain popularity that isn't real. But I do think that there's a, that there's that middle ground that you can do both. And the, when, the, when, the, when women do it right, it goes off and it's great. And I, and I think that that's the thing is that trying to find that balance, which you can do, you know, and, and many females do find that balance. It will, it will, it will level up way faster than a, than a male could. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, you know, I think that, I think that's like, it's, it gets a little bit of a, you know, it's an edge advantage that, that a lot of like, I would say mid-level male athletes would never be able to obtain where like, if you, if you put it in the same perspective of a mid-level female athlete, they could definitely, they could definitely level up and, and take advantage of that in different ways that, that, that uh, a male can. And they can utilize different products also that males can. And so there's a bigger market that they don't realize that, or that a lot of people don't realize that it's out there for females that that um just ha they haven't aggressively looked at or, or or try to you know try to harness or or um get involved in it's like that with music though too i mean you know what it reminds me a lot about comedy to be honest with you <laughs> and it's like that with comedy too and so look i will just be honest with you is that there is something you know if you if you're a, an attractive female that makes people laugh got something going right and i'm not saying that in a bad way i'm just saying it in an honest way you, you can't be like okay i'm gonna go way too far and just like just pretend to be funny you got to be funny but if you're both that's not a bad thing yeah it's weird because i've noticed like i feel like in the comedy world this thing happens and i feel like i've talked about it a lot on the podcast and on other people's podcasts where people tell you at first when you're starting out to basically like act more like a dude, don't wear distracting things, don't wear makeup, don't be hot, right? Um, whatever their version of that is. 
And then it, I always say all it takes is for one person to do it differently for it to be okay. So really there are no rules, you know, it's like, wait, let me ask you this. Who told you that? Oh, uh, dude, of course. <laughs> the guy? Yeah. Like, okay, so managers. but do you think, do you think, and I'm just going to take it from a different perspective. Like, why would they tell you that? Cause I would never tell you that. That's not, that's, I'm not a comedian, but I am a marketer. And I would say this is that I love comedy and I would be, I would, I'd be like, why wouldn't you want to have a tactical advantage on multiple fronts? Right? So, so let's just talk about acting. Let's just talk about anything. Let's just be honest about what this is. And let's just say, um, well, if you're an attractive woman and you put a little bit of time and effort into your appearance and you're funny, that doesn't that doesn't that level you up? Doesn't that help you out? You know, and so the only reason why I would say or, or I would think anybody would discredit anything like that is either they're giving bad information out or the person that they think is booking the shows may be jealous of the person that may be going on there. And so I don't get that because I've heard things like that too. And that doesn't make any sense to me. It's kind of like that, you know, like even even within like certain things with acting or so whatever, like, you know, like if you want to be serious, you can't like I don't believe that. I think that if you want to be serious about whatever you do, you just have to do the job right. If right. you go on and you make me laugh and you look good doing it, how is that a bad thing? Like right. unless, you're, unless you're purposely trying to make yourself not look good. Because I'll, I'll, I'll say this. There's a, this is kind of another little bit of mini tangent, but it, it reminds me of um, when I saw Ruby Rose in the John Wick movies, right? and she's in a couple other things too, is that Ruby Rose did a phenomenal job of riding the line on both. She looked amazing in the movie, but she was a badass as far as the action sequences go. And Charlize Theron, same thing. And Atomic Blonde, one of my favorite movies of all time, right? And that is it, that's like, that's the quintessential, you can be both, you really can. Whoever tells you you can't is lying to you. And you know what? I and, and I think this is that like not everybody has the same look, and beauty is defined differently between different people. But that doesn't mean that you can't try to look good, because I have heard that too, and I don't understand it. I don't get it. I've heard it for, with fighters too. I've heard it with female fighters. Like, and, and then it started to switch. It started to go like, no, don't look, don't dress up, don't look attractive, don't do this. You need to look. You need to you need to dress down and look athletic and look like. And I'm like, why? Why? Right. Why would you do that? I would never advise a female fighter to do that. I've told Jesse this a million times, by the way. I'm like, no, no, like embrace who you are. You know, you, you are a good looking female, embrace it. Don't dress down, dress up, and then go kick some ass and come back and do the same thing. <laughs> same thing with you. I would never tell you not to look good. Like go dress up, dress up, shock the audience. And then go deliver, go deliver some, some bangers out there and show them that like, you know, you're funny. Cause then you have the best of both worlds. You know, you're, 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 you're showing that like, Hey, look, I take care of myself and I'm, I'm an attractive person and I know how to dress up and I have style and you know, you're a master at your craft. You yeah. know, I, I don't know who came up with that. That's stupid to me. I don't know who came up with it either. It just seems like super archaic, but I think that like kind of talking about what you're talking about right now is like when you mentioned like be who you are, right? And sometimes it's hard to know who you are when you're in a field 
that's telling you what you are or what you should be or what everyone else in the past has done, right? So like for a female fighter, it's like they want you to be athletic, you know, always look strong. Maybe like looking super feminine is a detriment because you don't want to be perceived as like girly or weak when you're trying to be a world champion, you know? Like what do you think about that whole school of thought? I think it's ridiculous. And I think that it's, I think that, I think that you, I mean, it's, it's like this is that I, I started getting tattoos at a really young age for one reason. And, they, and it's, it's not, I, I get, I get this all the time. I get, what does that tattoo mean? Or why do you have those tattoos? And I'm like, I just like them. Like I go, I go, they mean nothing to me. <laughs> like none of my tattoos mean anything. I know that sounds weird to believe. Right. But like, like people are like, I go, I just like tattoos and I like, you know, and I liked getting them. I actually physically liked getting them, but do they have real meaning behind them? No. So then why do you have them? Well, I'll tell you why is that I want, when I started getting tattoos and I started and I, and everyone told me not to get tattoos. Cause remember I told you in the beginning, I wanted to go down to corporate law, all that stuff. You can't get a job. You can't do this. Like all these, you can't, I kept hearing you can't, if you get tattoos on your forearms, you can't, you can't get a real job. 90s you know if you get a tattoo on your neck shit are you from did you just get out of prison <laughs> never been in prison in my life you know like i mean like it, you get these you get these preconceived notions of who people are and why they are but would you ever expect now i mean this is now in modern age it's a little bit different but i mean like you 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 rewind 10 15 years ago would you ever expect a ceo of a brand having tattoos all over their neck all over their arms you know running you know, multi-million dollar brands and, and writing multi-million dollar contracts for, for athletes. No, you wouldn't. You would think that guy, no, nah, that guy's shady. There's something weird about him. Now it's a little bit differently. I think the barriers have been broken down, but that's kind of the similar thing too on my side. And I always wanted to, I always wanted to go, look, the moment you speak to me and the moment we have a conversation, I'll tear down those walls. The moment I can perform for you and I could show you what I can do, whether it's from from a well, you know like from shooting photos or or creating or negotiating a deal or actually you know start to finish brand building, I'll show you what I can do. Don't worry about how I look. Don't worry about that. That's just going to be one. That's 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 just my that's just the paint that I have on. You know that's just like the outward appearance because I decided that I wanted that. That's what I want, not you. And you know and so I I've been able to just kind of show and i've been able to i've been able to walk through a very corporate world you know i i mean i i mean i'm in a i'm in a wall street world right now you know cbdmd is a, is a publicly traded company monster is a publicly traded company you know and i hold high positions in both those brands and i have to negotiate and i have to deal with high level ceos at multiple places but they respect me for my, the work that i do and they respect me for the um you know the true value that I could bring to their brand from my intellect, not from my tattoos, not from my outward appearance. That's just kind of, you know, who I am from a, from a, a physical standpoint. And you could get your, and sometimes I like that. I like people to uh, prejudge me and, and, and not take me as serious and not like actually look at me for, for that, but I still have them and that's who I am. And that's the thing is that that's why I would say for, for women and, and you know, the, the, the women that I've worked with, you know, from the, from the corporate, from the corporate atmosphere to the athletic atmosphere, to the entertainment side, I just always tell them, 
be who you are, dress how you like. If you, I mean, like, if you want to dress up, you want to wear that, well, do what you want to do. It doesn't bother me. You know, I mean, like, I don't even care. I want you to feel how you want to feel, but I encourage you to feel like if you just want to be that person, hey, look, if that's who you want to be, if you want to wear sweatpants, you want to wear your t shirt and backwards ball cap and roll out like that, that's totally cool. I'm not going to tell you to change, but I'm going to tell you that, like, if you have the, if you have the, you know, if you've always, and you feel like I'm going to, I'll bring you into context from the, you know, from the, from the comedy side. If someone told you, Hey, Aaron, I don't think that you should, um, I don't think, I think you should dress down, you know, kind of like, you know, you know, don't, don't, don't like overly do it because I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for you to, you know, to, to, to give too much of a, of a, of a, you know, of an appearance where, you know, you're, 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 you're selling anything, but you know, the comedy, I go, I mean, now go fuck yourself. No, let me be me. Let me do me, and let me let me go and deliver what I need to deliver. Because then, the, not only does the crowd and the people respect your your craft and your work, but you're you're not like you know you're not going to be like morphing into somebody else who you really are later down the road. You know, you're going to be you all the way through, and I think that people respect that. I just think that the 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 industries have dictated and society has dictated how people should act and be, which isn't cool. You know, I mean, like you should be able to be and act and feel and dress and look however you want doing whatever you want to do. It's the result of your work that matters. And so when I'm working with females, males, anybody, I never, cause I, cause like I said, I'm already put, I've already put myself in this position purposely, you know, so I don't care how they look. I don't care. I don't care if you're wearing a pantsuit or you're wearing, you know, a Versace dress and you're in, it doesn't matter to me, you're you. I know you, you know, and I could talk to you on the phone without knowing what you look like. And then we're going to say that we're going to have the same conversation, you know? And so that's the thing is that like, um, I, I, I think that there's too much pressure given on people on, on appearance rather than what they do. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it's crazy when you think about it. And then I was thinking about like in this conversation, like someone like Rose, you know, like Rose is a complete badass. She has a shaved head, but like this gorgeous face. And I'm just like, she's an interesting one. She's an right. interesting one because because I'll tell you about Rose and and Rose is a beautiful woman mm -hmm. and Rose and I get this any time I'm with Rose and I put up a photo of Rose and I doing something or whatever and like I'm near training with Rose I'm hanging out with Rose I'm shooting photos with Rose there's always the same comments tell Rose to grow her hair back out you know and I'm like go fuck yourself. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on this. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Okay. 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 And, I'm like, and I, I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, no, that's how Rose is. That's who Rose is. Like, that's what she wants. Like, that's Rose. Like, Rose is Rose. People don't realize that the real thug Rose is really thug Rose. And she shaved her head because she's comfortable that way. She trains that way. And, and I mean, she's beautiful either way. You know, that's my point is that like, if that's how she wants to be, and, and do I think that, do I think that people would, would, um, you know, like if she grew her hair out and she, she dolled herself up a different way, of course they would look at it differently, but is that who she is? No, who she is, is shaved head, Birkenstock sweats. That's it. And you know, want to know who she really is. She's the girl that's going to get in the cage with you and beat your ass and win <laughs> a world championship. And so, so where I have, I've got, I've got both girls. I mean, I sponsor Rose and Joanna, and Joanna is the opposite end of Rose. 
Yoana does do it up. Yoana does wear the dresses. Yoana is and wants to be like that. And that's fine. You have them both, but they're being who they are. And that's why I respect them so much. You got, you got, you got the girls on that are, are actually, you know, doing what they want to do, how they want to do it. And that to me is cool. Like, that's why I like to work with people like that. They're not pretending to be something else. Rose most definitely is not. And Yoana has, <laughs> she is as Polish as it comes. She does what she wants. She says what she wants and she acts the way she does, you know? And that's like, I'm really like, I gravitate towards athletes and, and people like that because I really respect it. And that's how I really am too. Is that like, I'm pretty non bullshit when it comes to like, Hey, I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I'm going to tell you like what it is, you know, what it is. And I'm going to tell you that, you know, I think that you're, you know, like, I think that you're kind of faking it or I don't believe in you. You know, I, I'll tell you that, you know, and um, you can't get authenticity unless you actually feel it and believe that it's a part of you. Having this conversation with you right now, I just kind of feel like I had this moment realizing like, oh my gosh, I think it must be just so much harder in general for female athletes, specifically female fighters to just like find and claim their identity more than it is on the male side. Do you think that that's true? Uh, I think that the male side has had some major issues that have happened in the last five years in which there's been a phenomenon that they, they're very confused right now because, because, because of Connor. Connor had Connor came through and he came through in a way that he not only exerted so much confidence and his own persona that is actually authentically is, but the, he has kind of messed up a lot of the males that, that don't know what to do. So they're all trying to kind of be like Connor. I see this all the time, by the way. And I'm like, you're not Connor. Just don't do it, dude. Just stop it. Stop it right now. Just be you like, and I have to talk to him and I have to have real conversations with them too. And it's, and it's, I don't have that as much with the females, ironically, the ones I deal with at least, but I do a lot with some of the males I deal with. And I'm like, dude, stop, 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 stop. Wait, what do you mean? Like, what is it when someone tries to be like Connor? Well, so, so they try, so they, so they switch their roles in who they, like when I, when I first meet a lot of these guys, they're just, they're just guys that, that come out of whatever gym, whatever town, whatever place in, whatever city and state. And a lot of them, you know, are either, you know, either come from the collegiate side of, of, of wrestling or, or of athletics, a lot of football, a lot of, you know, um, just, just collegiate sports. Right. So they're, they're disciplined differently than the guys that come through that start training like I did. Right. Like I, I came through and I started, I got involved in it because I, I really enjoyed martial arts. Then there's just guys that want to be fighters. And when I say they want to be fighters, because they think that's a ticket, to well let me rephrase that they want to they they don't want to be fighters they want to fight to gain fame and so they're not fighters they don't want to fight they just want to fight to gain fame and they think that if they're going to put some time into something like this and they act and dress and try to you know manufacture a role in a certain way that they're going to be able to make money like connor did doesn't work that way not only are they unauthentic but they're just basically like they don't even know who they are. They don't, they even shouldn't be in there. You know, like they're, they're, they have just, unless they have enough athleticism to go in there and fight and they make it to certain points in their fight career. But then you realize you're like, this guy was never really like this. This guy was never like, you know, like this guy isn't this guy. This is like, he's putting on an act. And that to me is one of those things that like, it's, it's Connor has elevated it so much 
that he's created a lot of those kind of guys. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, I can be like Connor. I just got to go in there and fight and I'm going to kind of act flashy and I'm going to wear suits or I'm going to wear these kind of things or I'm going to wear things that you think Connor would wear and you're going to act like Connor. You're going to start playing the role. You're going to do it. But, they, but that's not you. That's not who you are. So it, it screams of, you know, unauthentic, I can't even say a word. You're unauthentic. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not really, you're really the guy that comes from Chicago that like is in the baseball that, you know, basically never was into any of these things like two years ago. So, so a lot of the males are kind of stuck in this pattern where they don't know how to go to achieve their fame because Connor did kind of do that, you know? And so the females have it a little bit differently than males do. And it's as Connor has, as Connor separated himself from the sport, the longer he separates it, the, the more it kind of, kind of brings it back to seeing more personalities, true personalities rather than Connor, type personalities and that's that's better but like yeah for a while there was a very strong connor push for a bit yeah a lot of guys a lot of guys that would never ever um act or dress or behave the way they did started doing different things because they thought that that's that's how that's how you sell your own brand and it's not what do you think about like a jake paul trying to get into fighting i think that he is um you know Jake and Logan Paul are both smart young entrepreneurs, right? And I think that I think that they are smart enough to understand that there's a visible crowd and low barrier to entry. So they can go and and they're basically, you know, they're 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 modern, they're modern entrepreneurs um, that have created visibility through a new stream of media that is accessible to people that won't that that couldn't have this you know not even that long ago and they've capitalized off of it so i don't have any issue with it i do have an issue with them pretending to be professionals because they're not they're not professionals he's not a professional boxer he's a he's a a boxer that is boxing in a fight that has never had a professional career. Mm -hmm. To achieve professionalism, you have to put your time into something and actually work at it to the point where you have a solid base of not only training, but you know, um, respect for the uh, respect for the for the environment and the sport, and respect for you know the the craft. And I don't think they have that. I think those guys are smart enough to understand how to how to capitalize off the the visibility of the success that they've achieved through social media and YouTube and play off of that into professional sports that has actually paid them enormous amounts of money to watch them do things that they are not professional at. That's an honest answer. And I'll just say that um, I don't mind them doing it, but I don't think they're professionals and I would never call Jake Paul or Logan Paul a professional boxer, nor would I ever say that they're professional in anything in any sports but they are professionals at, you know, creating attention for themselves. That for sure. They are professional entertainers. Absolutely. No doubt about that. You know, they, they've learned how to do that. They've learned how to entertain some of it good, some of it bad. Mostly a lot of it is just kind of just, just throwing things into the wind, seeing what works and what doesn't, but it's worked for them. You know, they've been, they've, they're, they're enormously successful at doing what they do, but they are not professional athletes. They're not. And to, and to call him a professional athlete in any sport or anything that, that has um, had people that have, you know, put their heart, soul, and life 
um, on the line for doing what they do is a travesty to have somebody come through and, and say that they're professionals at it too. Ooh, a travesty. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it, it, it's just, you know, it's it's not a it's not a fair assessment of of who they are as you know athletes they're not professional athletes they're professional entertainers you know because there's boxers out there that have started boxing at you know eight years old you know and and have fought for numerous years just to get to to, to areas in their in their life and their career that jake paul and logan paul like got to just by having a YouTube video, you know, played numerous times. That's the truth. Yeah, no, I, I thought you were going to be way more harsh uh, with your answer. Nah, <laughs> uh, because I mean, I think, but I also think that they're, 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 you know, they're, they're also risking, you know, um, the, they're risking bodily harm doing what they're doing. Cause anybody, you know, I mean, like I say this to anybody, it's like, it doesn't make a difference who you're fighting. It doesn't make a difference. I mean, you went to my fight. I ended up fighting a guy that looked like Homer Simpson. And I was, I was more nervous, not about him, but about what could have potentially happened to me doing something to him. And that's what people don't realize is that the harm that could happen to you doesn't, doesn't matter. Your opponent doesn't matter as much as you and your brain. And the things that happen like from, from the point of, you know, training to the point of the fight, a lot of stuff people a lot of stuff people don't realize if you've been in an in an actual situation like that. Like there's a lot of stuff that bad can happen. And so they still have to go through that for sure. But I but I like I and I'll say this right now too, is that like I have not made my life as a professional fighter. So I don't call myself a professional fighter. I fought professionally, but I'm not a professional fighter. That's not my profession. I'm a professional businessman. There's a difference. I'm a professional marketer. I do that consistently and daily. You know, I train for the sheer purpose of, I love it. That's what I love to do. But I am not a professional fighter. That's not my profession. Mm -hmm. It's not there. Either. But having that background and doing what you do now, that's served you like so much. Like you have this ability to relate to the athletes and the people that you work with on a level that probably a lot of people on the business end just don't have, you know? No, there's probably about like maybe only four of us <laughs> in the whole, in the entire scope. No, I mean, there's probably more than that, but I mean, it, there's a very small percentage of people that actually participate at that level that um, work in this industry. But that's like that in many industries. Well, maybe not actually a lot of other industries. They do have like a lot of ex-professionals kind of go into them. This they're starting, but I, you don't see as many in the business side, less and less on the business side, many on the coaching side, for sure. And many on the, on the, on the performance side, I would say, but you don't see them as much on the business side, you know, because, because you truly have to have a business career to be in the side of, of, of what I do. And to, to balance both of those are, are extremely tough. Like, you know, I, I was able to do it because I came up during an age that uh, professional, professional fighting was not as prevalent and so it wasn't like I had to become a professional fighter at that time to make money. I was already making money doing what I was doing. I was doing, I was, I was involved in fighting and, and competing because I wanted to be where a lot of the guys now have to do that to make money to put, put like to put food on their table and feed their families. And then they have to figure something else out. Like there's not that crossover anymore. There's just too many people doing it. There was like, nobody was doing it when I did it. Now there's like, you can find a gym anywhere and do it. You know, and, and, and back 20 years ago, there was nobody doing it. It was like, it was a very, very uh, niche thing to do, you know, and you didn't hear about it much, but now it's like, 
you know, I mean, your your parents know about it. Everybody knows about it. You hear it about it. Like everybody knows about it, about MMA. It's not it's not an unforeseen thing. Everybody knows about female fighting. It's not an unforeseen thing. But ten years ago, what you're a woman and you fight? What <laughs> you know? Now you're like, oh yeah, she fights. No big deal. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how quickly um, this has all changed. Like culturally, you know, it's just become like a super mainstream thing. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about working with athletes? Um, I love to be able to help them achieve their goals. And I love to be able to mentor them in a way that would hopefully steer them from making bad decisions and, and, you know, suffering chaotic career losses because they just made one bad decision. And so I, as an athlete on one side, I really enjoy trying to help them, you know, further their, their athleticism. And, and become better athletes. And then from a, you know, mentor role model, I love to see them do more to achieve the success from a financial perspective. So being able to help them on both sides, it makes me feel good. And that's what I like. I do it for that. Like I, I really like to see people do well. I like to help people. I like to um, genuinely, um, you know, see somebody go from nothing to something. Because it was because when I was coming up, it was really hard. Still, I mean, like I didn't have that. I didn't have that mentorship. I didn't have people doing that for me. I have. I had to like kind of reach out to different people and help find out different ways and like see what I can do. And like that was like that was always something I wish I had a little more guidance on. So if I can, if I could help guide, you know, anybody or help anybody else, it it makes it fulfills me. It makes me feel better about what I am doing when I'm doing. Yeah. So if you could guide anyone that's listening to this podcast right now that you know, maybe is trying to a pursue a career that they're not maybe equipped for at the moment, or, you know, trying to figure out how to market themselves. Cause we all are like with our digital world, everything's on our phones. We're always trying to market ourselves or monetize what they're doing creatively or as an athlete. Like what would you tell these people? I would say always don't stop, right? Don't give up. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be. It's not going to be fun, and it's not going to be easy. And to set goals, small goals, you know, you, you know, it, it's it's it's. I'll use social media for, for for an example. It's like okay, look at little goals. Like okay, I reached a certain level on 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 activation. I reached a certain level of followers. Um, this works for me. This doesn't work for me. But don't take it too seriously either, and don't gauge your entire career off of of off of stuff. But set small goals, small, small enough goals to where you can achieve them. And then, you know, once you get there, you know, you can move on to the next goal. And, you know, it's the best way to, to stay consistent and stay in the game, you know, and don't, whatever you do, just don't listen to other people telling you, you can't do something because you can. I'm a, I'm a perfect example of it. I've had so many people tell me, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. You shouldn't do this. Why are you doing this? I don't believe it. And then that starts to change and that starts to morph into how do I do what you do? And once you start hearing that, you realize, yeah, I sh I'm glad I did what I did. I'm glad I stuck it out. Because the people that are telling you that stuff are the people that are not only jealous, but they, they secretly want to do what you're doing. And they want to be you and they want to be involved in what you're doing. And they don't want to see you do it for one reason, just jealousy. And once you get past that, it starts to move pretty quick, you know? And, you know, like, it's like, it's kind of like the don't take comments 
on Instagram too, too seriously. Don't take the comments on social media too seriously. Don't, don't, who gives a shit about the heckler? Who cares? Do you figure it out and just keep going and just keep your eye on prize, which is leveling up and continuing to level up and keeping those little milestones going because before you know it, you know, you're halfway up the mountain and, and, you know, it's easy just to turn around and go back down. It's easy to just stop moving. It's easy to sit down and take a rest for years and years and years. But if you just keep inching forward before you know it, you'll be at that top and you just got to stay at the top. And once you're at the top, don't ever forget what got you there because if you start forgetting what got you there, you'll start sliding back down. So you got to stay on it. You got to stay sharp, you know, and, and realize that like that, that me, that the, the, the 20 year old Hans that started in this industry, I still think like that every single day. And I always think about what can you take it away from me at any time? Because I know that I don't want to go back to that spot. And I don't want to be that person that has to, you know, have to relearn photography, relearn how to work, use a, use a computer, relearn how to design all these things, relearn how to, how to talk to athletes. I don't want to do that, but I'll stay in the game and I'll still stay sharp and never burn bridges with the people that help you get there. And just realize that sometimes, you know what, you're going to have to take one for the team. And if it, it sometimes it doesn't go in your favor, but it may be for the benefit of your career long-term. That was really good. That's wow. A little, that's yeah. a little monologue for you. No, thank you. That was a really, really good monologue. I think that people will enjoy that. That will be Shakespeare to some people. It will change <laughs> people's lives, you know? <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Aaron Darling. That's where you will find all the ways to get bonus episodes, bonus photo sets, and support the podcast in general. Also share this episode with someone. If you liked this or you thought someone else would enjoy it, send it their way. That's how we grow. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Hot Pizza Ass. I am Erin Darling Teralva. I'm so glad that I was able to share this episode with you guys. I hope you got something out of it. I know that I definitely did too. Special thanks to Hans. Check out everything in the show notes below where you can find ways to follow him and to see what he's up to next. It's always entertaining. Thank you guys so much and we'll see you next time on the show.